Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. Since having kids, I have kind of lost my personal style and I'm using Armoire to help me find it again while trying out different brands and styles without having to add more physical stuff to my wardrobe. And I have a few events that are coming up that I know I am going to want some fancier items to wear than the items that I own. And I don't really want to go shopping for items that are going to sit in my closet without being worn after that one day. I hate the waste that that creates and I love that Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for any occasion and then send it back. I'm just really grateful that I have Armoire to help me dress for the occasion without having to add something to my closet permanently that I know I'm only gonna be wearing once. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armwire today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and this is a podcast about minimalism. Sort of. It's a podcast about how living with less stuff and less distractions can help us focus on what's most important. So what you'll find here? Of course, we will talk decluttering and living with less, but we'll also talk about the important things in life and how to approach them intentionally. We'll approach topics of motherhood, home life, relationships, work, our health, and the important things in general that fill up our days. And what you won't find here, a perfectionist version of minimalism. I'm a mom, a full-time teacher, and a podcaster, and I've found the version of minimalism that you may find on Instagram or Pinterest to be unattainable. We aren't minimalism purists here. We're simply focused on living with less in a way that's realistic to us. It's a version of minimalism I personally like to call minimal-ish. The goal is not living with less for the sake of less here or to make sure our homes make us look like a minimalist. The goal is living with less in a realistic way so that we can have more time and space and energy to focus on what matters most. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive into this week's episode. 
Welcome back to Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and today I am talking to you solo about a topic that I recently learned is one that a lot of you might want to hear about. So I put out a question box on Instagram, and I got a similar question a few times, and that is, what do you do with the baby stuff? Did you keep all of your baby stuff? What do you do with hand-me-downs, kid stuff, that type of thing? I recently just looked back on a post that I wrote on Instagram like two or three years ago talking about getting rid of baby stuff. At that time, I had a two and a half year old and we didn't know when we were adding to the family. So I had decided to get rid of a lot of baby stuff. And I was kind of reflecting on like, do I regret that? Because I just had a baby. She is two months old when I'm recording this. And yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of baby stuff going into it, even though we had a child before. So I want to talk about this. I want to talk about what do we do with all this baby stuff once your baby is no longer a baby? What do we do with kids stuff if we have multiple kids and and or we think we're going to add to the family and we've just got all of this stuff you know, that one kid is growing out of, whether it's clothes or toys or whatever it is. And then we've got other kids who might eventually grow into them. So like I said, about two years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, might have been two and a half, three years ago, my husband and I, we weren't sure when we were adding to the family again. We were pretty sure we were going to add to our family, but we weren't sure when. I knew I wanted a good amount of space. I wasn't ready to add to the family yet. I wanted a good amount of space between my kids. We were just faced with this question of, do we need to keep all of this baby stuff? Because we lived in a small two-bedroom home. We didn't have that much storage space. We did have a basement area, but we needed to utilize that space. It was like a semi-finished basement. We needed to utilize that space because the rest of the space was so small and it was being overtaken by baby things. When it came down to it, we decided that our baby wasn't a baby anymore. Honestly, seeing that stuff was kind of stressing me out. The idea of adding to the family stressed me out and I feel like I was getting a lot of questions like when are you having another one and I just didn't want to think about it because I wasn't ready to I knew it was pretty far off in the distance and I wanted to take our space back I wanted our space to reflect our current season of life at that time so what did we do (laughs) we got rid of it we got rid of a lot of things we were not using at that time we got rid of an extra saucer i think we got rid of two swings like we had a regular swing and a mama roo lots of larger baby toys that were taking up space most of our baby toys we got rid of we got rid of a lot of baby clothes i think i kept two bins of baby clothes like one that was actual like from newborn to one year and one that was from one year to two years so i kept one bin per year at that time We did keep our crib. At the time, we were still using it as a toddler bed, so it was useful to us still. We might have even been using it as a crib still when we got rid of a lot of these things. Uh, We kept a pack and play because we still used that. We kept the things that we were still using in that transitional phase, and that stuff made the move with us to this new home. So we just got rid of a lot of the baby baby things that we weren't going to be using in the toddler phase. So having all of these different swings and exercisers and everything like that, like, yes, they have been useful for a small period of time, but there was no real reason for me to keep those around at that point. 
but I did get pregnant again in August of 2021, probably almost two years later after we had gotten rid of a lot of baby things. I knew that we didn't have a whole lot of baby stuff because we had gotten rid of it. And honestly, I kind of forgot what we got rid of and what we kept. I hadn't thought of it for at least two years. But I knew that we had, you know, the main essentials. We had somewhere for the baby to sleep. We had our pack and play that if we weren't able to get a bassinet, she could stay in the pack and play in our room. I knew we had enough. But I did set out to kind of explore what can I acquire secondhand or even free as hand-me-downs from others. Because when we got rid of our stuff, that's what we did. We either sold it secondhand or actually most of it, almost all of it, I think we donated or gave to friends. So I started out on a search for a few helpful baby items that I did want to have on hand. I wanted a swing. And recently, you know, I wasn't really on the hunt for an extra saucer because I figured that would be down the road. But recently, I did find one of those as well. And what I found was that I was right about what I thought in the beginning. And that is that if I get rid of these baby things that are taking up a lot of space, if I do need them again down the road, I will be able to acquire them either secondhand for very inexpensively or for free. And that's exactly what happened. We got plenty of baby clothes from family during a sprinkle or just as gifts from family who want to shower the second baby with gifts as well. And we were able to find bigger things that we needed that we had gotten rid of like a bassinet. I got a halo bassinet for free. I got a swing for free uh, as a hand-me-down from my cousin. I realize now that I do not regret getting rid of those baby things at all. I don't feel like, oh, I wish I could see, you know, my second daughter in the same baby gear (laughs) as my first child. I realize now that You know, when I was getting rid of those things, it might have felt sentimental, like I was letting go of things that really mattered and that were tied to my experience as a mom and that were tied to my experience with Gemma as a baby. But now I realize that that's just not the case. Those things do not hold my memories. I still have those memories. I do not need to have the same exorcist the same swing to have those memories and to feel... Like, you know, I want to see the second baby in those same things. So that is just something that I did not experience that maybe was part of the holdup of getting rid of those things. I'm going to dive into just some practical things that you can think about if you are ruminating over the thoughts of like, should I get rid of the baby stuff or should I get rid of kids stuff, even though I might be adding to the family or even though I do have a younger child, I'm going to give you some questions here. I don't have answers for you. You, That's something that is going to be specific to you and your family, but I'm going to give you some questions here soon so that you can think through that. But I want to share a little bit more about my thought process behind all of this. When we got rid of these baby things, we did not do it for the sake of minimalism or to be reckless and just throw things away for the sake of having less stuff. I did it because I knew that one could get more use than we were giving it at the time. When we keep stuff around for a previous season, a season that we're not currently in, when we let our house get filled up by things that do not serve us in our current season, we are just letting things sit around and not get use. We are 
allowing them to take over our space when we could have that space back to actually live in. So I knew that I could give these things away and feel good about the fact that they were being used when I knew I wasn't giving them use and I didn't know when the next time I would give them use was. So we donated everything and a lot of it did go to friends. Two, we did not have the space to store it. It was taking over our home. Like I said, it was taking over our basement, which we needed that space for other things. Again, with no known future use. And three, I figured we'd be able to get everything we needed secondhand or free. So that's all something to think about as you are thinking over, should I keep the baby stuff? Should I keep the kid's stuff as my child grows out of it, even if I'm not sure if we're adding to the family or I know we're adding to the family, but it's not right now. How do we make this decision? How do we decide what to let go of? I kind of walked you through why I made that decision, but I do want to just give you some tangible questions to think about. So the first one I think is the most important one, and that is how much space do you actually have? Because spatial limits are Probably the most important thing when we are looking at decluttering and how much we are going to keep, especially when it comes to like stuff we're going to store, stuff that is not in use right now. How much are you willing to store based on the space that you have? So look at like, where is this stuff going to be stored? How much space is there? If you live in a tiny apartment and don't have any storage and you're not having another kid like right now, it might be something where you... Try to lend it out to a friend and get it back later. Or maybe you just fully donate all of it or sell some of it and keep that money stored away for when you do add to the family to kind of look secondhand to find baby things. And remember, so many family members or friends might want to pass their baby stuff on to you as well. So there are so many different ways that we can acquire it when we need it if we don't have the space to store it. The spatial limits are definitely a huge deciding factor. Another question is how long will you have to store it until it is passed down? So this is for anything. This isn't just for baby stuff. This is kid stuff in general. How long are you going to have to store this before it's passed down? So maybe you do have two kids. This is my current situation. This is what I've currently been thinking about when I am decluttering Gemma's clothes, which feels like always because she's always growing out of things. How long is it going to be before you are actually going to put these things into use again? For me, when it comes to clothes, it is going to be at least four years until we are using the clothes that we are getting rid of right now with Gemma. And everything that we've stored, every clothing item that I've stored from year to year of hers, it's going to be, you know, four years from that time that I stored it to when we'll be using it. Right now, at four years old, Gemma wears out her clothes like crazy. I am keeping extremely a minimal amount of clothes, maybe like Christmas dresses or something she absolutely loved and it's still in good shape, which is rare that there is going to be something like that. Keeping like dance outfits and things like that, like that we use for dance class, but I'm not keeping much at all. Definitely less than a bin of clothes per size, maybe like a bag, a small, like a grocery bag size amount of clothes per size is what I'm ending up keeping. This is because I know I have right now like four years until I use those things. 
I don't know if my daughters will be the same size at the same time of year. And when it comes down to it, she just wears so much of it out. So most of it is not in a great condition that makes me want to keep it stored away for four years. I am keeping toys that have been things that we've really loved and that I know they'll kind of both still play with as they grow. So like our Ikea kitchen, Gemma isn't 100% in love with playing with it anymore. However, I know that soon enough, Juno will be able to play with those things and Gemma still does play with the play food. So we're keeping it. There are some larger toy items like that that I feel like, you know, span years of use because younger kids can use it, older kids can use it, and I know that they can maybe play with it together at some point. The third question, could you easily replace it secondhand or via hand-me-downs? How easy is this going to be to replace it, not spend an arm and a leg to do so? When it comes to baby stuff and kid stuff, it's almost always going to be easy to replace it secondhand or via hand-me-downs or free on a buy-nothing page or something like that. This has been my experience, and I know it's the same experience for so many people. I also realize that there are probably places, you know, if you live a little further in the country, you don't have neighbors close by, you might not have the ability to do Facebook Marketplace or buy nothing as easily. So that's something to think about as well. I want to take a quick break from today's episode to thank the sponsors making it possible. Children's vitamins are often basically candy in disguise. They might be filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, things that you don't want to be getting when you are trying to get vitamins in your system. And that's why Haya was created. The pediatrician approved superpowered chewable vitamin. While most children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar and can contribute to a variety of health issues, Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet it tastes great and it's perfect for picky eaters. It fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. Haya is formulated with the help of nutritional experts It's pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate. It's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. My daughter especially loved the stickers that came with them to decorate the bottle. She squealed with excitement about stickers. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You'll receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com minimal. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A lth.com slash minimal and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Hayahealth.com slash minimal. I also want to thank Shopify. Every 28 seconds, an entrepreneur makes their first sale on Shopify. 
Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, and it gives entrepreneurs like myself the resources once reserved for a big business. Customized for your needs with a great online store that brings your idea to life and tools to manage your day-to-day and drive sales. Making your idea real opens endless possibilities, and it's a journey, but that is the beauty of entrepreneurship. This podcast started as just an idea with just a handful of listeners, and it has grown into being a full-time thing for me. But there were so many bumps along the way, and there still are. I love how Shopify makes it easy for anyone to successfully run their own business, and it powers millions of entrepreneurs from first sale to full scale. You'll access powerful tools to help you find customers, drive sales, and manage your day-to-day. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. You can go to shopify.com slash intention, that's all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash intention, all lowercase, right now. Shopify.com slash intention. The fourth question, how much was this item actually used? For clothes, again, maybe if it's in good condition and unused, or if it's in good condition and something you did use a lot and your first child loved and your second child or, you know, third, fourth, whatever, could use it again, then maybe it's something you keep. Maybe it doesn't take up that much space. Maybe it fits within your spatial limits. For toys, if it was a favorite, maybe those favorites are the ones that you want to keep. I really don't think it's all or nothing here. I don't think we should get rid of all of the baby things unless you have zero storage space. Then I, in that case, I I don't think that you should let it take over your space and your life while you are unsure of when you will add to the family. Or like if your kids are four years apart and one kid is growing out of things and the other one is going to take four years to get there, but you don't have the space to store it, then maybe it is all or nothing for you. But if you do have some storage space or you have a lot of storage space, then this is not all or nothing. We can keep things. We can keep things even if it is going to be four years till we use them again. It might be worth it to keep it. But getting rid of something doesn't always mean we're adding to the cycle of consumerism because we're going to buy it again down the road. Most of the time we can get rid of something, um, give it a second life, and then we can give something a second life when we do need it again by buying secondhand or getting it as a hand-me-down. I hope that makes sense. That is my mindset pretty much about everything related to kid stuff and baby stuff. But there are some roadblocks that get in our way when we are wanting to let go of these baby and kids things. We can know our spatial limits and we can say, this does not fit our spatial limits. We can know that we should probably let it go and know that we can get a similar item secondhand if we need it. But there are roadblocks that keep us from doing it, right? There are roadblocks that keep us from letting go of those things. So the first one is we feel that these kids items or baby items are sentimental we want to see our future kids using the same things or wearing the same things but is that realistic if you believe this item is sentimental I just want you to ask yourself is it realistic to allow it to be sentimental is it realistic that the sentimentality has to be tied to the actual physical thing or is it more important to you 
that you'd get back the space that this item is taking up right now or just like the clutter it's adding to your home because maybe it is just some onesies that your baby wore and that's not taking up a lot of space but when they're piled on top of other baby things that you're currently using or other kids stuff that you're currently using it just starts to become clutter so maybe you feel it's sentimental and you're going to be sad to let it go but is it realistic to tie your sentiments to this thing is it more important that you just do the hard thing and get that space back so that you can live with the things you need in your home for your current season number two is pretty similar to the sentiment but we think that our memories so number two is memories we think our memories are tied to the stuff we believe our memories are tied to the physical things and maybe some physical things do hold memories and that's okay but for the most part we could probably hold these memories some other way if you know you have like this shirt that all of your kids have worn and you are maybe on that last kid or you're just not sure if you are going to add to the family again but you don't know if you need to keep this shirt because it just it holds those memories because all of the kids wore them just take a picture take a picture of your last kid wearing that shirt and it's okay if you decide to keep some items because memories are tied to them but again spatial limits right are they are these things taking over your life are they taking over your space are they frustrating you are they adding to the clutter if so how can you kind of reframe and say okay my memories are not actually tied to this physical thing if i let this go i'm not losing my memories um, of my kids you know at that age whatever the item is whatever age they used it but rather i am letting it go so i can get space back and have a house that is fit with stuff that we currently use and I can have those memories via pictures because the memories are typically not actually tied to the thing. And number three is this roadblock that is really part of any clutter that we have trouble letting go of. And it's a lot of times we struggle with that what if question. What if I could use this one day? What if I could use this in the future? And that's a huge one with the kids stuff because we think like, should I keep this? I really should because are going to add to the family or we do have two kids and they're a few years apart and we could use it again. But if it's taking up too much space, it's not worth it. If it's taking over your space, if it is bringing you stress because it's adding to the clutter, is it realistic that it's actually going to be used in the future? Can you think of a time where it will be used in the future? Is that time within like three years? I would say that's a good limit. If you cannot see a future use for it that is within the next few years, if you don't have the space to store it, then maybe it is going to be put to better use, handed down, borrowed by friends, let go of. So in conclusion, if you have kids stuff and baby stuff that is taking up a lot of space in your home that is not in use right now, it's not going to be in use within the next one, two, even three years, you can make a plan for that item, for these items based off of one, how much space you do have for it, two, when would the next time be that you would use it? And is that a reasonable time to actually store it and take up space? And three, can you replace it inexpensively, secondhand or free, if you need it again? The last question I often get when it comes to 
items that are in good condition and you know you could keep them and use them again but you don't know when and you're thinking about letting it go but what do we do with it I don't want to just throw it away and yeah kid stuff should not just be thrown away unless it is broken or like completely stained and ripped up clothes there are so many people that can use that item and I know I've said this already but I I kind of wanted to just dedicate a quick section of this episode to just say that there are so many ways you can find a second use for your baby and kid stuff that is not within your own family so you can donate it right to a place like Goodwill or Salvation Army, something like that, that would take those items. Um, You can donate it via Buy Nothing, a Buy Nothing group. If you have one in your area, you can search on Facebook, Buy Nothing, and see if there's one in your region, in your area. And, you know, people on there, you would post it for free and someone would come pick it up. You could also hand it down to a family member or friend who's having a baby. And maybe that would even keep it in your family and it could come back to you one day. You can also consign kid stuff that is in good condition. I did this before we moved. Um, I went to, I think, Kid to Kid. But there's Kid to Kid. There's Once Upon a Child. I think those are both places that do consignment for baby and kid stuff. Or you might have a local consignment store near you that you could try to see if they would take any of your items. You can sell it on Facebook Marketplace or marketplaces online like Mercari or Poshmark. I'm not sure if Poshmark is a huge like place to do kids stuff, but it might be. I don't know. And then you can also use the Pickup Please um, Veterans Donation Pickup. I think it's pickupplease.org. And this is a really great service that is in many areas that someone will come and pick up the items that you want to donate. We want our homes to be filled with things that serve us in our current season. We don't need items to sit around and wait for what is possibly to come. I hope this helps if you have been thinking about decluttering the kid or baby things and just not sure what to keep, what to let go of. Hope this helps you make those decisions If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you shared it with a friend and texted to them or just share it on Instagram or wherever you like to share things online. Super grateful for you for listening in and I will talk to you right back here again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.